Shalom Chaverim. Welcome. It's Wednesday night. It's eight o'clock. And the High Holy Days are coming. So we'll take a few minutes for people to log on and we'll get get started talking about the Jewish High Holy Days, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Just as a reminder, Rabbi Block at Hotmail.com, last week, several people came on to, came on the, the screen and asked if they could join the conversation. And I said, certainly send me an email and we'll talk about how we're going to do something as a duet, something together. But nobody sent me an email. So please, if you want to join me live, then send an email, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, and we can talk about how we're going to do the show together. And questions we'll ask each other, etc. Our topic this evening is the Jewish High Holy Days. Sometimes people refer to them as holidays or holy holidays. Um, lots of different ways to talk about Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, begins at sundown this coming Friday night. The Jewish calendar is a solar-corrected lunar calendar. Since it's based on the cycles of the moon, and a lunar year is shorter than a solar year, an extra month is added every few years in a cycle, and if you're at all interested in the Jewish calendar, hebcal.com is really a good source for understanding the Jewish calendar and how we create the dates and how the holidays fall. Well, let's talk about Rosh Hashanah then and Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah marks the spiritual new year. There are four new years on the Jewish calendar, and its subsequent Wednesday nights will take a look at some of the other new years. And this is the spiritual new year. We use a secular calendar, the calendar of Pope Gregory, so January becomes a secular new year, and Jews will celebrate January 1st, December 31st, the new year, because that's purely a secular day, a time to turn the calendar. However, Rosh Hashanah is a spiritual new year, which is really different from a calendar new year. Rosh means head, Hashanah means year. During the month of Elul, which will be ending in a couple of days, we're asked to begin the process of doing a spiritual assessment, of doing an inventory. Now, so maybe we didn't start on the first of Elul, maybe we put it off till today or tomorrow, but there's still time. Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of the 10 days of repentance. It's nice to have done some homework before. It's nice to have done an inventory or to do a spiritual assessment, but it doesn't have to be done before. We can begin with Rosh Hashanah. So we attend services Friday night, Saturday morning, 
and those individuals would observe a second day of Rosh Hashanah. Duplicate ceremonies, duplicate liturgy, except that it doesn't fall on Shabbat, so you wouldn't do the Sabbath liturgy then. Okay? So what are we celebrating with Rosh Hashanah? The new year, 5,784, since the creation of the world. It's the birthday of the world. Now, some people are going to start with, well, the world is older. Well, that's not the right day. And you're going to miss the point. The Torah is truth, and it's not true. So we're not talking about those exact times. The importance is the world was created. 5,783 years, 87 years. If we start debating the date and the numbers, then we're going to miss the spiritual significance of Rosh Hashanah. The, the spiritual significance of a new year. A time of creation. There was a time before, now after. And that's what's important. Now in our own lives, we want to do a spiritual assessment. And so we begin on Rosh Hashanah doing an inventory. What bad choices did I make? Remember I talked before, the Hebrew word for sin is chet. It means missing the mark. Don't like to use the word sin because it creates a very different concept. In Judaism, we miss the mark. And so, what do we do when we miss the mark? We redo our aim. And that's the purpose of Rosh Hashanah. What were my goals in this past year? How was I going to correct my behavior? What are some of the things I did to hurt other people? How am I going to make amends in the coming year? What am I going to do? Well, that's the idea of Rosh Hashanah, and that's why we have the 10 days of repentance. Yeah, it's not a case of a few missing the mark or a lot missing the mark. There's no, we're not keeping score. It's a way of analyzing our own behavior. Am I happy with what I've done? Am I content with what I've done? Did I do the right things? So on Yom Kippur, we begin this process of doing our inventory. Okay. Now we have 10 days to make amends. This is about you and God. It's about you and your fellow human beings. During the 10 days of repentance, we go to the individuals who we wronged and said, oh, I gossiped about you. I told stories. I asked you for money without intending to give it back to you, and here it is, I'm giving it back to you. And there are 613 commandments, if you will. There are the 10 utterances, the 10 commandments, if you will. There is perkeia vote, the saying of the fathers. There's the midot, the Jewish values. There's lots of places we can go to see what's 
the correct behavior, how we're supposed to behave towards each other. So now, during the 10 days of repentance, something about listening to someone you hate, but I missed it. Someone just joined us. We're talking about the high holidays and we're talking about the 10 days of repentance, just what they sound like. It's making amends then on Yom Kippur. We fast for 24 hours, go into synagogue, sit in temple, and now we ask God for forgiveness. Not for the individual things we did, it's groups. We do things as a group of people in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. Because we've already made amends to individuals. God does not want to hear from us until we have straightened out the wrongs we have done. So it's not a matter of going to God and saying, oh, I did this to so-and-so, or I insulted so-and-so, or I posted someone on TikTok, or I posted something on Twitter that was incorrect, or I insulted someone, or I made anti-Semitic remarks, anti-Catholic remarks, I made anti-black remarks. No. If you're doing that on Yom Kippur, it's too late. It starts with Rosh Hashanah. Whom did you insult? What did you post that was gossip and lies? What did you spread that you know is hateful? During the 10 days, you go back to those individuals and ask forgiveness. I'm not sure if I missed that one too. Um, someone asked about Hebrew Israelites. I think that's a term that some people have adopted because the Hebrews were the biblical people that we talk about, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a Hebrew. We talk about Israel. It gets tricky because you're talking about a geopolitical country. I am not an Israeli. Now, if I'm from the tribe of Israel, then I'm an Israelite. And so we have to be careful with all these designations and names because many times they're intended to confuse us. Often they're unintentionally confusing. And so we need to stop for a moment and look at the, what people are using these titles for, what they're, how they're identifying. I'm an American citizen. My religion is I'm Jewish. You might be Roman Catholic and American citizen. You might be a Baptist and American citizen. So we're talking about a religion and a na our nationality is a citizen of the United States of America. Now, in more recent years, you can have dual nationality. When I was younger, in order to become a citizen of another country, you needed to get, disavow or give up your citizenship in that first country. Okay? So then now, one can be an American and an Israeli. One can be a citizen of France and a citizen of the United States. Now when we use the term Hebrew, Hebrew is a language. But there's biblical Hebrew, there's modern spoken Hebrew, so Hebrew is a language. It is also referring to the Hebrew people. So we have to clarify when we're using the term like 
Hebrew or Jewish or Israeli or whatever it might be, just answering what someone said. And as you know, I've mentioned in the past, I'm a fan of a Palestine and an Israel, two states that respect each other's sovereignty, that don't send missiles on each other, that don't attack each other, and that look and say each one has the right to exist. That's what it means to have, just like Mexico and the United States, Canada and the United States. Neither one says the other one doesn't have a right to exist, and neither one is sending missiles or bombings or terrorists into the other. So until we can agree to that, we're not going to have two states. But that just makes sense to me. If we're going to have two states, then each agrees the other is a legitimate state and agrees to have relationships and to set up diplomats. So let's get back to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The process begins with Rosh Hashanah. I've now done my inventory. I now have 10 days to go and say to my TikTok viewers, I apologize if I said something that insulted you accidentally, inadvertently, they didn't know, but please, if I insulted someone, send me an email, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, so I can apologize. Then, on Yom Kippur, I will now stand before God, and I'll be able to say to God, I made amends. I asked forgiveness. If I stole something, I'm going to return it. If I damaged or broke something, I'm going to pay for restitution. One cannot do whatever one wants and then on Yom Kippur ask God to forgive you. It doesn't work that way. No, no. There's no forgiveness without, without acts, without doing something, without making amends, without asking forgiveness of a particular individual. No, I don't own a horse. If I, I could buy one if I wanted to, but I'm not really interested in, in either racing, riding. If I, if I want to go horseback riding, I'll go to a stable and rent a horse for a while. But I certainly choose. There's no prohibition about owning a horse. No. Mm -mm. And Rosh Hashanah becomes important because it's that time of the year for me to clean the slate, to clear my conscience, and so that I can now begin the new year and not do the same mistakes, not miss the mark in the same way. And one can certainly convert to Judaism. If someone out there would like to convert, please, rabbiblock at hotmail.com, and we'll talk about the conversion process, what it means, and why you want to convert, and why you're leaving one religion for another. Be glad to talk to you. I have a Zoom room. Email me. I'll send you the link to my Zoom room, and we'll meet in my Zoom room, and we can discuss converting to Judaism. I'm a Zionist with a small z. What that means is I'm not a political Zionist. I don't agree with many things as, as the politics of the state of Israel, the country. I believe in a small z because it's a return to the Holy Land, to God's kingdom on earth. When the Messiah comes, 
It's a different idea. And again, remember I mentioned terms and words. We have to be... Deny the Talmud? That's kind of silly. The Talmud are the, the documents, the teachings. There's nothing to deny or accept. The, the discussion has been passed on for centuries. And it's an open book. Uh, Safaria is a wonderful website if you'd like to read the Talmud in English. It's there. Mm-hmm. The Talmud is available. And I'm not sure, again, I, I mentioned before... Um, Please, whoever just said about being a moderator, uh, email me and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And someone else just said they don't agree with a lot of things. And so we we believe in a return to Zion, a holy land, a place to be. No, the Talmud is not God revealed. It's not a sacred document. It's not like New Testament. The Talmud is rabbinic discussions that took place in Babylon. Um, 200 years on either side of the year zero, if you will. 400 years on the either side of the year zero, if you kind of like a dating. And that gives us rabbinic scholars. And then scholars have added commentary to the Talmud. So all through the centuries, there's commentary, there's more discussion to help us make Judaism contemporary. Uh, TikTok isn't in the Talmud. I'm using an iPad right now. It's all solid state. All, and it's running off its own internal battery. So there's no plug-in. There's no electricity moving. It's all internal solid solid state for a reason. It's called solid state because there are no sparks. Nothing's jumping. Nothing's moving. And so it's important to take a look at the Talmud to see how through the centuries... Different rabbis, different Jews have adapted to different inventions, different times. No, Jesus is not mentioned in the Talmud. There's no mention of Jesus in the Talmud. Uh -uh. Someone would like to be the moderator's moderator. It sort of reminds me of that movie I happen to like. It's the, um, oh, the Hitman's, come on, somebody type it in, the... um, then, uh, um, I'm just having a moment here. Ticket protector. Well, maybe somebody will type it in, or it'll, it'll come to me in a moment. Rosh Hashanah, then. The beginning of the spiritual new year. Bodyguard. The Hitman Bodyguard. Thank you. That's what someone just put in. I could be your moderator's moderator. And then I thought of the movie The Hitman's Bodyguard. I don't know, little Freudian, little Freudian stuff there. Funny movie, funny movie. And within Judaism, we have Orthodox and non-Orthodox, and there are many different Orthodox movements, many different non-Orthodox movements. And each of these are ways to understand how we observe the holy days, what the laws mean in practice. But we all agree Lashana Tova. It's it's a new year. We all agree it's a spiritual new year. The difference between Orthodox and non-Orthodox is some of the particulars, some of the how we're doing things. To begin the new year, Rosh Hashanah, we eat honey, we eat apples, we eat honey cake, 
because we want a sweet new year. So what could be more symbolic than having something sweet to begin the new year? Mm -hmm. And then, what else can I say about the holy days? The most important piece is one must make amends to one's fellow human beings before Yom Kippur. We in Judaism don't have any I, this, of this idea that God will forgive you by confessing to me the rabbi or God will forgive you by confessing to God. This isn't how it works. It's about making amends and action. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me about Santa Claus. Kind of a... Was Santa Claus really created by Coca-Cola? Um, I was reading that. I think someone posted on TikTok that it was an advertisement uh, as opposed to St. Nicholas. Uh, I grew up in Boston. And on Christmas Eve, I would go with my Christian friends to Beacon Hill caroling. And I would often went with my Roman Catholic friends to Midnight Mass. I didn't give up my Judaism. I do not accept Jesus as the Christ. But I went with my Christian friends because it was meaningful to be together. And it was a power of the music, the movement. It was moving. It was an emotional, spiritual time. And I could enjoy someone else's observance and not observe with them. I think that's a mistake we often make. We, that we somehow think that by joining someone else or being with someone else, we have to give up our own faith. No, we don't. We can have gay and lesbian friends without being gay or lesbian. We can have bi friends. We can have... It doesn't matter. Because we can have friends. We can be with. I'm not giving up my... I'm not doing something else... I'm acknowledging another human being. Go to Protestant services. I think the Midnight Mass is very beautiful, very moving. And when it comes time for the Eucharist, I just sit quietly. I don't go up for the sacrament. I'm not Christian. I'm not Roman Catholic. So I respectfully sit. And I don't kneel. I respectfully sit. No one has ever objected... And I've talked to priests. No priest has ever said I shouldn't do that. But it doesn't mean um, converting or changing. It means I can appreciate the beauty of someone else's faith. I can appreciate the sacred literature of other people. Just like one can appreciate art without owning it. It's a mistake we often make and it creates barriers between us. Nothing wrong with celebrating with someone, joining with someone, and being respectful. There was a wonderful book, I don't think it's still in print anymore, it's called How to Be a Perfect Stranger. And the three volumes, if you were attending services with another religion, it told you what to expect, how to behave. Mm -hmm. How to be a perfect stranger. So, one can come to synagogue. One can come to Jewish worship. One can go to the Mass and be respectful. 
And one can get something spiritual out of it. Doesn't mean you're converting. It doesn't mean you're, you're, but it also doesn't mean you're condemning it. Isn't that the best way we can live? Is by listening to each other, by enjoying each other's music, each other's literature, and not attacking it, not condemning it, not declaring that it's the work of the devil, or it's bad, or the Pope wants to take over the world, or Catholics are going to, no, no. All that leads to is more hate, more bombs, more shellings, more shooting. No. Um, my spoken Hebrew is on a second or third grade level by now. I can certainly read. I can read and translate texts. Biblical Hebrew, medieval Hebrew, Talmudic Hebrew, I can read that. But um, um, my spoken Hebrew is... Nah, I wouldn't even attempt it. And yes, I am Reformed, Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, ordained in 1974, if you like. And I spent my career as a chaplain in a psychiatric hospital for the Veterans Administration. So my career has been, and I've had some part-time congregations, but my career has been as a chaplain. And our motto in the chaplain's core, I'm a rabbi to some, a chaplain to all. And that's what we, you can fill in, priest, minister, we all say the same thing. Please send me the inscription you'd like and I'll, I'll Rabbi Block at Hotmail.com. Send me the inscription you want me to interpret, and I'll, that'll be next Wednesday night at 8. And it'll be during the 10 days of repentance. And I think that'll be a good time for us to meet. And maybe... I talked about heaven and hell a few times ago, and I don't mind going back and talking about it again. We have no clear concepts of heaven or hell in Judaism. When we die, we go back to God. God calls us home. There's, we don't really have this sense of hell and eternal punishment. Nah, that's not a loving God. That's not what it's all about. It's while we're here, we're to do God's teachings. We're to do the right thing. We're to stay on the path. And that's where Orthodox and non-Orthodox separate. We separate in how do we stay on the path? What are the things we should be doing? What are the things we should be preparing I'm not sure what some what somebody said that question someone said about about the Talmud is if you like Jesus was born a Jew he died a Jew Christianity wasn't around in the year zero it wasn't around then mm -mm. we had Jews Hebrews if you like and we had pagans Christianity developed later mm-hmm um, um, not Chabad, I have great respect for Chabad, however, and they have a lot to teach us. And I do the, go to the Chabad website. And a lot of the things I t I'm teaching you truly are a, a, a updated Chabad, a, a, my, my view. 
So I'm not a Chabadnik. No. No, but I think they do good work. And have lots of things to teach us. That's why I I go to their website and I support. I support Chabad by making donations. Someone can be unrepentant of what they did to you, you still can forgive them. Doesn't mean you have to be friends with them, doesn't mean you have to go to the sports bar or do anything else. No. Someone's unrepentant, you can go and forgive them. They don't want to forgive you. That's a choice they're making. My choice is to ask you for forgiveness. Forgive me if I've insulted you. Forgive me if I said something that's an insult to your religion. And it would be nice if you could, we could have a conversation so I don't do it again. Because often we may say something that's hurtful or harmful without even realizing it. Um, we're coming up on the end of our 30 minutes. I want to thank those of you who came in with your questions. I want to thank those of you who came and went, and some of you maybe stayed for the whole 30 minutes. Thank you for listening to me. And I hope you will join me next Wednesday at 8 during the 10 Days of Repentance, Yamim Noraim. And I'll talk more about forgiveness when someone doesn't forgive us or someone is unrepentant because that gets kind of tricky. And we also, maybe someone has died and we didn't have a chance to ask them for forgiveness. How do we handle that? And there are, there are possibilities, there are ways, because we do want to prepare for Yom Kippur, for the Day of Atonement, so that we can certainly go before God and say, I did as much as I could do. Laila Tov, I'll see everyone next Wednesday.